Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, starring Henry Cavill as Superman. Okay, this film uh, podcast is going to feature spoilers, so just a heads up if you haven't seen Man of Steel, um, do check it out before listening to the rest of this podcast. We are going to spoil some stuff. Starting with the fact, Lloyd, that it's 143 minutes. How did you find the runtime? Yeah, I found it really long. Yeah, it, it dragged a little. I mean, I saw it at the cinema, and right at the end, someone applauded. Oh, wow, which, okay. Which I found <laughs> really interesting. Just one guy. Yeah, he was sitting on his own, and he's just trying to start an applause. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like he might have been the only one trying to do that. Um, for me, Man of Steel was one of the films I was looking forward to. We do an upcoming films podcast and we name about five films that we're both each looking forward to. So about 10 in all. You can go back and find them at our website, www.podmeifyoucan.com. Uh, Man of Steel was listed as one of mine. I was very much looking forward to this. I wanted to see the memory of uh, Superman Returns, the whole Brandon Routh thing, uh, you know, which was not enough action, too much chatter. Um, wiped away you know I wanted to see this action-packed film which I assumed Man of Steel would be Mm. and as far as the action goes it was very reminiscent at times of Chronicle which we've also reviewed on this podcast yeah no that's a really interesting point do you mean how it just keeps going bigger and bigger and into the city where they fight each other or yeah yeah absolutely and just sort of two flying fighting supermen basically um you know when Zod is taking on Superman towards the end of the film hmm um, look, I, I kept wanting this film to be amazing, but it kept just sitting at good and not great for me. Sure, I can see that. Yeah, I just didn't quite lift to those amazing Superman moments, um, and it felt like very B, B-plus kind of material. Did you see the original Superman, uh, the Richard Donner film? Yeah, and there's a lot of charm and a lot of heart. Yeah, well, that's the- like... I, I got schooled on superhero movies because I always assumed Batman uh, star, uh, by Tim Burton was the original comic book breakthrough template movie, but it was actually Superman. Um, that was the film that was reproached by Richard Donner with a lot of respect um, because he understood the cultural icon of Superman. And it actually opens up with a kid reading a comic book and he's, you know, reading one panel, then we fade into the movie and it's got Marlon Brando. You know, it's one of the first movies to cast really high-level actors in it to treat a lot of the scenes with respect. So it's got heavy drama um, and everything like that. And I I liked uh, Superman 1, Superman 2 when I was a kid. I watched them a whole bunch of times. And so I kept comparing this film to that. And, Mm. uh, yeah, so... um, uh, it's interesting like uh, this film they wasted nothing like they they got they put so much money into it and they got a high level cast like even Kevin Costner who I think is a very underrated actor and he's a phenomenal director as well um you know they got just playing little I don't want to say bit parts but they're, they're not heavies in the film and then you got Lawrence um, Fishburne you know it's almost distracting to have mm. such high level actors in those roles I didn't enjoy Lawrence Fishburne in this role as Perry White. Um, yeah, it's just like, wow, is he going to have more screen time or did you just have an issue with his performance? Or He's He's been, like, if they're going to do a sequel, and I don't know that they are, um, they're just setting up for that. This whole film is a setup for a sequel or a trilogy of these films. Um, that's what annoyed me because, you know, you've got um, Diane Lane who plays his 
Earth Mother. Mm. Um, she's still alive, obviously, so she can be around for the next one. Um, but yeah, the Perry White character obviously is going to be his editor at the Daily Planet. Um, so you know, it's a small role in this one for a bigger role in the next one. You yeah. know, when he's pushing Clark and get him to get stories. There was a scene where um, Lawrence Fishburne he calls up uh, Lois Lane, played by Amy Adams, and he tells her, you know, basically that, did you know about this and stuff like that? Yeah. But th- then those trucks arrive with, like, the FBI guys. Yeah. Um, or the CIA guys or whatever. And I m- imagine that scene from The Matrix where Morpheus is saying, they're coming for you, <laughs> you know? And it just felt comical to me because if he'd given her directions, like, take a left, wait now and stuff you know and to, to get her out of there it was almost exactly the same thing um yeah it was really funny to me but um look i want to jump in about amy adams um okay. everyone was saying she's amazing as lois lane you know and stuff like that i found her really frustrating well i found her better than whoever was cast in the last one. Oh, and uh kate bosworth in yeah. the brandon routh one yeah 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 i agree i i just think Obviously, Amy Adams has a very nice face. She's a very girl next door at times. You know, mm. uh, she feels real, okay? It's not necessarily glamorous at all yeah, times, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad they do that with Lois Lane. Absolutely. But frustratingly, I imagine because she's an Academy Award-nominated actress, you know, they had to beef up her part more. So there's scenes where her and Russell Crowe, and I want to get into Russell Crowe after this, but her and Russell Crowe are on the ship and he's guiding her around and she knows the secret of like how to you know make the ship work and stuff and it's just putting that little superman key in mm. and so based on the fact that she interacted with Jor-El played by Russell Crowe she's on the ship and she's in all these scenes and stuff when she could just tell them <laughs> this secret and not endanger her life at all you know <laughs> and I just kept thinking what's she doing on that ship you would never have her on there like especially because she's press you wouldn't want this publicity and this first-hand experience she's gonna write about this you know there's there's just no reason to to sort of yeah i found it really frustrating because i kept wondering why she was in scenes you know you're saying she's flimsily included into every little plot hole (laughs) yeah as as well like when that ship is going into the black hole yeah and the guy mentions the honorable death and uh amy adams falls off the back of it it was yeah. just so sort of staged and so sure. she obviously wasn't going in that other dimension she never needed to be on that ship never needed to be in any kind of danger there and superman catches her so they can have that cinematic twirl to the ground yeah you know when they sort of kiss and stuff for the first time i don't know i just kept wishing the lowest lane part was a bit smaller and i found it's been compared to anne hathaway as catwoman how's that from from the dark knight rises in terms of um you know oh, that's such a revelation it's oh, a fresh take see, yeah a fresh take on catwoman a fresh take on lois lane you know and it's it's not that fresh to me i don't <laughs> feel like this was the film um for me i i like this film and i like it as a setup to the next film i feel like the next film will be much better now it sounds like you I, had more of an issue with her, the writing of her character than the actress herself or it could have been most of the plot, yeah. I think, because at the time, I um, well, I just didn't think Lois Lane needed to be in that many yeah, scenes. Sure. I didn't think she added anything particular. Mm. Um, you know, she didn't have some amazing dialogue. That last line where she says, welcome to the planet, the very last line of the film, um, I totally guessed that he would be working at the Daily Planet by the end of the film, 
Um, so it didn't feel like a big surprise to me. Perhaps that's what the guy was applauding about. He was so yeah. happy about that that joke at the end. Um, for me, like, you talk about the first film, the Richard Donner film. Yeah. Um, Marlon Brando as Superman's father. Yeah. He, he was, was a recording. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He was a hologram. He was a recording. He'd pre-recorded all those tapes. He, he as you say, phoned in his interview. Yeah, yeah he, he made still a lot brought, of money. It was like Orson Welles. He brought a lot of respectability to wow, Marlon Brando's in it. You know, at the time, he was like considered one of the best. You know. Yeah, exactly. And he got a lot of money for his performance because he was one of the best. Sure. But what I didn't like about this film was how Russell Crowe was interactive. Yeah. How was his consciousness was in the computer? I didn't really enjoy that at all. It felt like, I don't know, untrue. Yeah, it, it feels Superman. a bit awkward. Like uh, apparently that's a real technology. Like you can, like as you were saying with Dollhouse in one of our video podcasts, um, that that's you know they can actually download your conscience to a, a doll or to a computer. Um, but yeah, I'm so distant with it because I just don't understand the technology fully. And yeah, seeing in this movie, you felt that, no, didn't he die? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I knew he was coming back to give Superman advice, but I did kind of hope it was like pre-recorded I advice. I see, like, yeah, yeah. Like the first one, to be true to the original. Um, I didn't mind the ships and the technology, um, even though some of the ships were quite phallic. But uh, <laughs> what did you think of all the stuff on Krypton? I thought the that opening was fantastic. It looked amazing, um, but it didn't feel like Superman at all. But I thought, it, I, like the last bit, it looked so amazing. I, I wanted to be in that world more, and I think Zack Snyder and, and, the, and the crew got really carried away with that because so much time was spent. Um, at that beginning and I felt more distant with Superman and for some reason I felt much closer to the villain the general I, I yeah, really odd. I really felt for him for some reason and I felt for Russell Crowe um, you know and I felt for them I felt so distant with Superman I thought all the exposition on Superman's background which I think is the most important was all taken in flashbacks Mm-hmm. And I just found that so annoying. And my biggest issue with the flashback was the tornado on Kevin Costner. <laughs> of the original, the father dies from a heart attack and Superman realizes with all his great strength, people are still fragile and he can't stop death, all the rest of it. In this one, he gets taken by a tornado. It felt like an excuse for a uh, uh, special effect. Yeah. And but um, peeps of people tell me no. I, I had a really big emotion f- um, from that scene when he was telling his son, "Just don't worry about it. Just let me die." Um, and I went, "Okay." If if people had that reaction, I guess it worked. But for me, I just felt like they wasted the most important part of Superman, which is him growing up with his family. Yeah, it felt like you're watching two different movies in a way. Yeah, but uh, and I, it I really just, reminded you that you were watching a movie by yeah. having it all um, in flashbacks. In like flashbacks, that. yeah, it was so annoying. Um, I, I thought the film looked great, and there was so much potential there. Like, get rid of that whole sequence where Superman um, rescues all those miners from that. Uh, oh, sorry, those drillers from that oil rig that's exploding. Mm-hmm. You don't need that. Like, and you don't need that scene where he. Um, he's saving this barmaid from being hit on by this uh, trucky dude and then Superman totals the truck like all that you really don't need at all just focus Mm. heavily much more on his uh, um, how he evolves to care about humanity because I didn't get any of that yeah some of that stuff where he's sort of 
searching for himself and stuff reminded me of like the Disney cartoon Hercules where he doesn't <laughs> know he's a god. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I don't know. I love that cartoon. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it a good sort one. of reminded me of Wolverine in X Men One, how he's a drifter. Like I don't know yeah. something about the imagery of that. And did you like the natural sort of look of this movie? Like it, it, it it's interesting. It didn't look like a comic book. It had that approach where it's so realistic, that dark look. Yeah, it's supposed to be gritty. I mean, yeah. As, as me, you said in one of our podcasts before, post September 11th, a lot of films are taken this direction, mm. and like with Batman and all that. And yeah, you're absolutely right with this one. Yeah, I think it was always like it looked gritty from all the trailers and stuff there were all the teasers you know you didn't get much from um i thought even with it being gritty for all of it like you give him a beard you give him a hairy chest you know it becomes more realistic sure Mm. um but with all the special effects this film still came out like super glossy blockbuster i agree don't you think yeah yeah and i don't know i i wanted (laughs) i wanted more i guess uh (laughs) I did really feel for Zod. I think it was a phenomenal performance. Yeah, isn't and that weird? Like, you, you feel for the bad guy. Like, when he's screaming at the start, I will find him. Um, so I had to read this in the comments, but people were saying that, that he actually means he'll find the Codex because he's programmed to protect his people. That's all he care about. He, he actually yep. loves his planet. Um, and he, he doesn't mean he'll find and kill the boy at all. He just means I will find him because he knows the Codex is hidden in him. I didn't get any of that. I, I, I was watching it at the film going oh man he really wants to kill the baby out of vengeance but no he actually means i will find him i will find the codex you know i will save these people (laughs) but i think you only learn that the codex is in him later sort of thing so when he's sort of shouting you don't really understand yet oh yeah that's true yeah because the, the he does put the skull in front of him and it's hitting the baby yeah you're right and that's not explained till heaps afterwards sure yeah and you're not really i thought it was a power source initially like they needed that yes, to launch the ship same same yeah yeah look I, I i kept thinking for some reason it's a dumb thought i had that when you see them on krypton that they should be flying around on krypton oh, like that let's talk about this there are so many plot holes it's ridiculous you're absolutely right why send off the prisoners into space they're going to be fine why not yourselves get up there on those spaceships and leave the prisoners on earth if it's going to explode i don't know maybe there was more to that maybe they're like no no, nothing's going to happen to the earth we'll be fine and then it happened i don't know but they didn't explain that secondly with zod why attack earth when there's going to be resistance there why not build your planet on mars right next door i Oh, that didn't make sense. And all those babies that were inside the um, ship, all those people, Superman just kills his entire race. You know, it's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, look, they live, they're super advanced, right, on Krypton, but they live in caves and the world's dying. And, but they have spaceships, but they don't get off the world. Uh, they don't try and save their race. They breed people for specific jobs, which I quite liked that idea that, you know, Superman has got free will and he's one of the first Kryptonians to have free will. I didn't mind that. Um, the fact that Russell Crowe is bred, he's an expert. He's saying, we're messing up the world, guys. And that's his one job. Yeah. And he's an expert at it. He's been bred his entire life to be the science guy or whatever. And they're not listening to him. That was frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Zod comes in that first time and he says... You guys are ruining everything. I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of with Zod on this one. You guys, I'm destroying this planet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not listening to the advice of 
uh, Jor-El in this situation who knows better. You've bred him to know better. That's right. And then, yeah, despite that, Jor-El is, um, you know, doing his own thing, which is really interesting. I, I didn't mind the whole secret birth kind of storyline. Yeah. What I did mind was when Russell Crowe jumped on like a giant flying the dragon Avatar. yeah yeah, sunny. Dragon. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that felt weird i didn't know what that was i like, like it how um, the beast gets wounded and it like it, it lives enough long enough to drive him back home that was a nice detail there i guess <laughs> it felt like it was like a dog for him or something like he wasn't that i don't know he didn't seem that attached maybe i don't know um look i think it was there was some interesting choices made in this film when um, it was very clearly American, as you know, mm. Superman is very American. Basically, I hops and uh, <laughs> you know. yeah, they wormed their way in there, didn't they? Um, I yeah. must have spent a fortune for that because there's a Drug whole placement. battle sequence in that I hop. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> and they very loosely touch on um, all the other civilizations when he says, "You are not alone," and then in all the other languages, you know. Yeah. Um, when Zod arrives, but that then was when he a speaks, cool moment. Um, yeah, where it's all blurred out and everything. Oh man, I was the whole time I was thinking, I got to rip that off. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the whole thing was though he was saying it in every language, and then he just says it in English. <laughs> you know, that, that was frustrating to me. I knew they were going to say it all in English. Ugh, <laughs> and there was almost like an a a, a little um nod to what we've got to come uh did you notice the name on the tanker or the um satellite yeah lex luther or something like that luther lex corp yeah lex corp yeah sure yeah so we've got some lex corp to look forward to i'm thinking in the sequel <laughs> and there's surely going to be a sequel it's made 588 million at the oh, time yeah. of this podcast yeah and that's, well, that's the thing. more than I've, double it's made a lot of money heaps of people are going to see it but i've read so many negative reviews about this movie like they the people were saying the biggest criticism the action scene at the end was way too long there was too many plot holes uh this isn't superman it's too dark a lot of complaints but i have to compare it to the brian singer one that came out and i have to say this is a lot better um it's interesting with those two movies they both got heavy christian themes as well in them yeah uh, like when superman goes to the church and there's a, a, a shot with the the cross behind him so and he's really like jesus trying to save um humanity and all that like this higher being and i was like oh yeah there is a lot of christian elements involved in this um in in superman but uh, brian singer read an interview with him he went all, actually all out in his film like with kevin spacey stabs him in in the side with the uh with the kryptonite kryptonite thing. Yeah. yeah yeah and that was like the da- the spear going into jesus and how superman falls is like the cross and i thought okay um but yeah so um for me i actually liked man of steel um i found it uh, really enjoyable to watch at the movies because of the special effects i think it absolutely looks amazing did you see it in 3d no did you yeah i saw it in 3d and it looked amazing um but it wasn't originally shot in 3d at all and in fact no. Zack snyder shot it in film as well so he wanted okay. it to be as real as possible i think there's an imax version of this as well so. oh right yeah um just while we're on ihop back let me just jump back that red-haired kid who he saves from the bus and then he works in ihop <laughs> there was a scene where superman bursts into ihop and that kid's working at that IHOP. 
and they don't recognize each other or they don't say anything to each other. Yeah. It felt like a really big setup with no payoff. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a few bits like that. And when they fly across the city and he finally, at the end, um, snaps the neck of Zod. Yeah. Didn't you kind of think how many other people died for this to get to this point? He has such a big deal about breaking his neck. You know, to save those, like, the family of four or three, I can't remember. Yep. Um, but so many people have been killed. Like, buildings have crumbled. Metropolis looks like garbage at this point, you know? Yeah. And then as well, Lois Lane somehow manages to appear at that scene afterwards, despite the fact that they've, like, flown across all of Metropolis. It was frustrating. Yeah. I kept seeing all these plot holes and I forgot that was Metropolis I was like wow look what they're doing to New York and I went hold on there is no I don't think there's a New York in um, the Superman universe just Gotham City and Metropolis <laughs> yeah in do you think DC this is comics. building to the um, Justice League I imagine eventually they'll have to do a Justice League movie because some of these films don't stand up on their own uh, Green Lantern was one of them panned you know um they now don't have a batman franchise anymore and to restart a new one the justice league movie could easily do that i imagine they're gonna do a couple more man of steels because this one's already doubled its money yeah and you've probably got henry cavill on a contract where you know he signed on to do three films or with an option for a third film or something yeah i'm thinking eventually it has to happen Okay. It's a good way of putting all your DC characters on film all at once. You know? Yeah, because they're doing a brilliant job with the Avengers, um, and that's proven to make a lot of money. You know, yep. and they've got—it's not like they've got sloppy directors and producers or whatever on the DC end. Like, look at the Dark Knight in itself—that was like a one-man army. And so they could, depending on who they get for this, but they could really worm it, you know, in pretty well. But I, I hear. Um, What's the, the girl? Is a Wonder Woman? I hear that role's almost cursed. Like, every d- attempt to make it just gets destroyed. We might have to do a Wonder Woman podcast at Wonder some Woman. point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, did you notice this bugged me? I kept waiting to hear the Superman music. You know, the theme to Superman. You kept hearing it? No, I kept waiting to oh, hear it. Oh, waiting to hear it. No, I think happened. that would have killed it with the with the with just with the dark take on it. And if they put that song on, uh, I think it just would have, uh, it just wouldn't have fit. <laughs> I think they tried as hard as they could to put it in there. Because that theme song has to be what, by John Williams, I think, um, made it. Mm-hmm. That's got to be one of the best theme songs of all time. <laughs> and Han, Hans Zimmer did this music for Man of Steel. But I just oh, thought right, over the yeah. credits or something, couldn't yeah. you have some nod to it remind us of the legacy of what we're watching you know remind us of of you know this epic saga basically i don't know i kept waiting for um them to explain the in all the flashbacks like i said they reminded of us how much we were watching a film all of the clark kent mythology becoming superman has been covered over so many times mm don't you think yeah i mean if you started a film yeah. superman's just already there wouldn't that be okay yeah no that that would be fine like ignore the flashbacks and stuff like that i guess because everyone's so familiar with his whole story yeah <laughs> do you think right at the end when um he came in as clark kent as the new um 
what do you call it the new kid at uh daily planet it would have been cool if she didn't recognize him <laughs> if she I, was like yeah yeah whatever get me some coffee <laughs> like, set i, up I, I think it would have been if they had got that route it would have been as dumb as commissioner gordon not knowing who batman is because <laughs> at the end you know at the end of dark knight he goes bruce wayne's batman like oh are you serious <laughs> that was frustrating <laughs> yeah. yes oh dear he t- was, yeah, we, mystery we man that. has the best joke of you know when they're talking about uh who uh, captain amazing <laughs> is he takes off his glasses when he changes that doesn't make sense how could he see <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly it's a good one but i thought that would have been quite funny and i almost thought they were going to go that way so did you um, like the film or you didn't like it or look i think at the beginning of this i said it was good not great and not unfortunately great, sure. i really hope this is a setup for a trilogy or um you know that if this is batman begins batman begins was good yeah but dark knight was great wasn't sure. it yeah so i'm hoping that they can escalate this um you know in terms of a sequel i'm just reading on june 10th 2013 it was announced that director Zack snyder and screenwriter david s goyer would both be returning for a man of steel sequel which is being fast-tracked by warner brothers Goya had previously signed a three-film deal which included Man of Steel, its sequel, and a Justice League film featuring Superman. Wow. So there you go. Yeah. Planning to release the sequel in 2014. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> uh, they you know- got a hell of an actor to play uh, Superman. Every girl is talking about him, like saying he's really hot. And in fact, they reference that in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think he's kind of hot yeah yeah it's well that makes it a date movie doesn't it if the yeah. girls want to see him yeah and um he's actually dating the girl from the big bang theory kaylee Quoquo. oh okay Quoquo? i don't know how to say her last name yeah oh, so he's taken yeah okay <laughs> well everybody who's listening <laughs> i'm sorry for all of you it's uh it's interesting this is i hope the setup for a much better film because i was frustrated by the terraforming and the you know yeah like easily could have negotiated to have mars or something yeah it was just so weird like just going to earth get the ship and then go to i don't know start terraforming on mars and then start attacking superman for the codex did you think um about the fact that superman has in him every kryptonian like unborn kryptonian kind of bloodline i guess yeah um yeah. so you could easily have a sequel where he's impregnating humans to have <laughs> new kryptonians <laughs> an army of them oh i really like the the second in command for zod the girl i thought she oh, yeah. was so awesome when all those soldiers were firing and she jumps in front of them and then she um attacks all four of them and it's like you know it's like really she's so fast and she just knocks out each one like um with like minimal movement but super fast i thought she was awesome i thought this is cool and i liked her one-on-one with the second I'm in command of the good guys, um, of humans. The uh, I think he's been in Law and Order and all that. I think he played Casey Jones in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I could be wrong. But yeah, I th- I thought he was really cool. Like how all his weapons fail and he just pulls out a knife. And you know, yeah. he's actually about to fight <laughs> with a knife. That was great. 
Yeah, there was a lot of um, familiar faces in this film just kind of popping up. Yeah, and there was I'm, actually... I'm a big fan of action, so those little details really excite me. Sorry. <laughs> there was actually a couple of actors from Dollhouse as well, if anybody sure. is a Dollhouse fan. Um, how was the plastic cup you got? I saw a photo of it. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know if they're doing this worldwide, but in Australia, the promotion for Man of Steel, if you get a popcorn and a drink, like the deal with it, it's actually really expensive. You get this plastic cup, and it's just the chest and the abs of Superman. And, oh my gosh, I felt so weird holding that cup. It was just so awkward. Like, wh- when Man of Steel comes to mind, I guess, like, I, I want to be in that marketing room for the when they came up with that idea Trevor I got this brilliant idea (laughs) here it is you know and it's just this steely muscly abs for a cup I don't know I I don't know what other direction you could have taken it it was just such a weird design (laughs) now I want one (laughs) really (laughs) (laughs) why not (laughs) sure so, so like there was no grip on that cup. It's just no, there was no grip. Like yeah, hard yeah. to hold. Yeah, and every time you're holding it, you're feeling Superman's muscles. So like, oh, <laughs> geez, can you imagine that in the movies? Like you're watching it. Oh, there's Superman. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, Lloyd. I understand you have a recommendation for us. Um, we've been doing a segment. Uh, this is our second year, I think, of Bobney. If you can, so there is an opener. Here it is. should i watch lloyd this week i want to recommend rolling thunder starring um tommy lee jones and oh geez i can't remember the other guy's name but um it was written by paul schrader they changed it a bit he wasn't happy with the ending but it's got to be one of the best revenge films of all time it's uh basically this guy comes back from the vietnam war he was a prisoner and he was tortured heavily and he's got a heavy psychological damage like he's really into pain and stuff like that and he's come back and his wife um is in love with another man and he has a kid like um that he's just trying to get back in touch with um, and the government gives him all this money, like um, like all these silver dollars, one dollar for every day he was a prisoner. So they give him like a couple of grand, I guess, which is a lot of money set in the late 70s. Um, and these uh, Mexicans and the, these other guys rob him. Uh, I don't want to say Mexicans. There were uh, like these Texans, they rob him and they kill him and his son, but he survives it and they, um, they put his hand in a garbage disposal and he loses wow. his hand, yeah. And so he wakes up. Um, and his family's dead and um, he can't he says he can't remember anything and then once he recovers he's out of the hospital they give him like this claw hand you know what I mean like um, with two like claw things he sharpens the claws loads up with guns uh, loads up with weapons and then goes after revenge like just goes after these guys it's the most straightforward revenge film like I'm a huge fan of the revenge genre I think the best guy's ever done it was Sergio Leone with the western films but this is this film is sublime it is so dark and disturbing but there's no fat sort of like taken um there's just no fat in it it's just a straightforward revenge film it's really short as well i think it runs in at like 80 minutes or something but it is really good tarantino actually rates it and this is how i found out about the film as his second favorite movie of all time next to taxi driver and it just came out on blu-ray not a great cleanup edition i probably should do an unboxing review but i just had to share it on that podcast yeah go um definitely if you can get a copy of it it's really really good 
1977. I'm just having a look. And yeah. uh, William Devane. William Devane. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember his name. He just hasn't been in many. Like, he, I know he's been in a lot, but he hasn't starred in a lot. Mm. If you know what I mean? I yeah. get you. Yeah. Nice. Very violent All movie. Right. <laughs> Um, just a quick plug for our YouTube channel. If you go to www.podmeifyoucan.com, you'll find a link to our YouTube channel there. And we've been uploading video podcasts, quick five-minute reviews about um, films you may not have heard of with the stars that you love. And uh, just check it out if you've got five minutes. They're only five minutes long. Um, the next film we'll be talking about on the podcast will be World War Z. So we hope you can join us for that one. Okay, thanks guys, all the best.